Welcome to you, Locked On NFL, your daily podcast on the National Football League on the number one daily sports podcast network. I am your co-host, Brian Peacock, along with Matt Williamson. We're getting into Matt's running back rankings today. Is this live yet on the Pro Football Network, Matt? It is. It just went up. That's my first article, and I just finished safeties. That's coming as well. So there'll be about two or three a week going forward. Um, half of them were already done before I was hired, and I'm finishing it on up. So check it out. We'll go over them now. There's not now, but we'll do it today. Yeah, well, yeah, we will do it very soon. Yeah, we will check in with Matt's running back rankings, and you can follow along at theprofootballnetwork.com. Some great stuff happening over at PFN. Great addition now to the PFN family with Matt Williamson's NFL coverage over there. So I'm excited to read that. Let's talk a little bit about the news going on around the league. We have a deadline set, Matt. We haven't had a chance to talk about this yet. It came down after we recorded the Monday show. It is now official. There's a deadline for NFL players to opt out, which is Thursday at 4 p.m. Eastern time. There's already about 40 players who have opted out, and the rest of the ones that want to opt out have to figure that out by Thursday. Yeah, and it's not massive news, but it's something that has to happen for this reason, that the more and more these guys get into camp and and familiar with their teams, they can figure out, hey, I'm not going to make this team. I better opt out and get some bucks so I can at least make something of this experience. And, you know, not to mention coaches and general managers, team builders, they need to know who they have and who they don't. I mean, it's hard enough when Nate Solder, Marcus Cannon, you know, guys like that opt out at a position where there's just not tackles floating around on the open market that you can go grab. And, you know, it's, it's gotten to the point now, too, that the, for the player's standpoint, they've been tested. They've been around people. They see how this thing's going to work. Are they in or not? So hopefully we have no more. You mentioned coaches there, which is an interesting one, because I would have thought more coaches would have opted out by now. They would be more at risk. And we already have one coach, Eagles head coach, Doug Peterson, that's on the the, he's he's not technically on the list because he's not a player on the reserve COVID-19 list. And we've seen a number of players go on that list. But Doug Peterson now uh, really running the thing from home. Deuce Staley is acting running the thing on the field for the Eagles. Peterson said, quote, I'm not going to speculate on a timetable for me. When I'm back, I'm back. One thing I've learned this offseason is I can lead the team virtually. I feel very good about the safety of our building. And Doug Peterson saying he's very thankful that he's asymptomatic right now. So it doesn't look like it's going to be uh, something that really affects Peterson's health long-term. You hope that is the case. And he's running things virtually like, uh, like he has been since March. Yeah, and that's most important. Obviously, he's not suffering. There's not symptoms. Hopefully, his life is, hasn't changed except for not being able to attend his office, his job. Um, and, and hopefully there's no issues. But like you said with coaches, I mean, they're older men. They're not, you know, prime athletes in their mid-20s. Not that any of us know exactly how this COVID disease affects everyone individually. But it would worry me a little more if some of these 60, 70-year-olds, whatever, are starting to come down with it. And frankly, a lot of coaches, because of their lifestyle, and I'm not saying this about Peterson in particular, have a hard time getting to the gym, eating right. They just put so many hours in, even though there's a gym in their basement at the facility, a lot of these people don't <laughs> yeah. get to take care of themselves. You see it's someone with their overweight and heart conditions and whatnot. So I'm hoping it doesn't affect that community in the NFL. Um, I have some people who know Deuce Staley 
And a lot of people have a lot of respect for him, but a lot of people didn't see head coach in his future either. So maybe he's grown up a little since then. But to to the Peterson story, I would say outside of quarterback, the guy that I most want in my building, considering how cramped we are for time and how different this situation is than most years, is my head coach. Like, it's a big deal that he's not there. It is a big deal because there's so much less time now to work on things rep-wise. There's only going to be, I think, eight right. padded practices for most teams, about 14 or 15 actual practice practice days because they're going to slowly ramp this thing up so they're not actually technically practicing right now even for those players who have tested negative three times and are in uh, in in a good place there and at the facilities. They're more working out and kind of working up to the point where they can start practicing. So there's going to be very few practices. Now they don't have to interrupt practices to go play preseason games so they can really plan it out more throughout this month of August. But yeah, reps are big. And, and I think the team that has the best luck does the best job of keeping the most people at the facility, practicing, keeping on schedule without any hiccups will probably be ahead by the time September rolls around. Yeah, and along those lines, a huge part of being a head coach from a CEO capacity is time management. I mean, from a personal level, it's very hard to manage your day as a head coach to get everything in you can. That's why John Gruden goes in at 4 a.m. or Dick Vermeil sleeps in the office and all those type of things. But I've been saying all along that the... Joe judges and guys that have never head coached before are really behind the eight ball anyway, in terms of time management for their entire franchise. But this year it's way worse. So the Eagles go from an experienced guy that's at least organized in a a football team at the NFL level to someone that has to do it remotely. I'm not saying, boy, they can't win the NFC East anymore, but if it keeps up, it's a red flag to me. And a lot of folks had compared, me included, compared this offseason to the 2011 offseason where there was the, the lockout and there was no players, no offseason programs, no mini camps for teams. And football was a little bit sloppy early in the season, but it really didn't affect that much overall. There were some teams with new head coaches that were able to play really well and, and have a fine record. But they still had, once training camp got going, a full camp, a full slate of preseason games. So everything was normal from here on out, and we're not going to have any normalcy there. So uh, I think there's even more of a challenge than that 2011 offseason that people had compared it to. It's going to be even more difficult than that. And so we'll see what those results of that difficulty is for the different teams around the league. Yeah, I think you're 100% right. One thing that was different from that year was they were not able to get their noses in the playbooks. The rookies had no talk with their position coaches and things. So we had those zoom meetings, I guess do have some value, but what's also different is you could lose guys to COVID and poof, he's gone or, you know, the testing and the distancing makes their jobs harder than it was then. Once those guys reported back in 2011. Right. And there was a new stipulation too, with the day of game, how that's going to work. They have to test players and you could have a last minute positive test and teams are allowed to call players up from the practice squad within, I think, 90 minutes of the yeah. opening kickoff of games, too. So we might see some really last-minute changes, people scrambling in their fantasy football world trying to get their lineups right. Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned that because I, I that was something I did want to talk about a little bit today that I assume you'll take your practice squad guys on the road with you, you know, break glass in case needed, and it's a good rule change because – 
it used to be well before the game you had to have those type of things done. Now you can do it right on the fly. I'm sitting here thinking, will Belichick do something crazy like, or it could be others other than Belichick, but you have some sort of Corderell Patterson weapon who you haven't used all year, but he's on your practice squad, and you wait until exactly 90 minutes before the game, activate him and give him 15 carries. Yeah, you know what I mean? Nobody and prepared for him, him. And they would have no idea what's coming. So, right. yeah, they, they could definitely use that to their advantage if they want. I don't know if it has to be a COVID-related thing, if you have to put somebody on a list to be able to call somebody up, or it's just like normal. It's like, oh, last second, we're going to call this guy up. Very yeah. interesting stuff. It is. We've got to talk running backs here, Matt. I am interested to hear your running back rankings, 2020 NFL running back rankings, as posted on Pro Football Network, so you can go follow along with Matt's list as we talk about them next. Matt, and I already know who tops your list of places to buy auto parts, rockauto.com. Take care of that vehicle, folks. Rockauto.com is the first thing you should think of when you think of auto parts and you think of car maintenance. Whether you're trying to fix up that old classic car or you're just trying to keep your daily driving vehicle out there on the road. Maybe you didn't drive your car for months during quarantine. Now the battery's dead. It happened to me. Thankfully, I bought jumper cables from rockauto.com. Whether it's jumper cables, whether you need a new battery, motor oil, engine parts, brake parts, Go to rockauto.com. They have everything you need, an amazing selection, reliably low prices, the same prices for a do-it-yourselfer, professional mechanic. And when I say amazing selection, every part that ever existed in the world, essentially, is at Rock Auto. I'm blown away every time I go to their website. You can search by part number, by make, model, year, simple, easy-to-navigate website. It's a family-owned business that's been helping people buy auto parts online for 20 years, so you can feel good about buying your auto parts at rockauto.com. All the parts your car or truck could ever need, visit rockauto.com and tell them Locked On sent you. Matt, you've got your list of 25 running backs in the NFL. Do you want to preface this at all before we get into it? We're going to count them up from 25 to 1. Yeah, a little bit, because running backs was my first list, and 25 is a big number. And I just turned in safeties. I am going to do edge and I'm going to do true linebackers. Those are the four position groups that I'll, I'll do for Pro Football Network. And I didn't have a hard time. You know, my editor was like, boy, safeties might be hard. If you only want to do 15 or so, don't worry about it. I had no problem getting 25 safeties. There's a lot of good young ones. We'll talk about them later in the week. I promise you I've done zero research on this, but I'll have no problem coming up with 25 edge players. I don't think linebackers will be that difficult. But why I say that is these backs, and two of them are Niners, no offense, that will lead this list around the 25 neighborhood to me, I'm not super impressed with. You know, like I had a hard time coming up with 25 backs. I almost put Duke Johnson on there. I almost went down those that route of some of these <laughs> specialist-type backs. Right. So anyone that plays fantasy football realizes – yeah, running backs might not matter to some, but there's not a million great ones either. It's funny, and no offense to Duke Johnson, but I know exactly what you mean when you say that. Yeah. It's not a knock on Duke Johnson's a really good football player, but there are, when you look at the top 25, there are like legitimate every down safeties among the top 25 in the NFL, legitimate every down yeah. defensive ends and pass rushers that are that are scary when it comes to running backs. I mean, you're talking about part-time players when you get to number 25. Right. Like I said, I, 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 I turned in my safeties. Number 25, I was torn between Condry Diggs, who 
the the Seahawks just gave a pretty good contract too. And I went with Adrian Amos over him, who just got a huge contract two years ago, and the Packers are happy with him. You know, like those are quality every down players, yep. and that's 25th on the list where some of these backs are about to lose their job. And I didn't include rookies. That's important too. None of these lists have any rookies. Okay, zero rookies on this list. So if you're wondering where those guys are, they're on a different list someday, not this yeah. list today. Uh, we're talking 25 here. Actually, well, you mentioned the 49ers running backs. So let's start with them because they're two of them here in your first two, 25 and 23. Number 25 overall is Tevin Coleman. Number 23 is Raheem Mostert. What's your thoughts on those two? My initial Who do you think is the better player? Is that too rich, too mean? What do you think of those guys? It's, it's hard because usage is such the key here. Yeah. Let's yeah, say yeah. one of those two broke their leg. How high would you move the other one up the list is a great question, right? So let's mm-hmm. say Tevin Coleman's out of the picture. We know that Raheem Mostert is going to be the lead back. Get the bulk of the carries minus, you know, some for some change of pace. I would put Raheem Mostert close to the top 10 because, I mean, we're talking about a guy who led the league in yards per carry last year. It is amazing to watch Raheem Mostert's burst look fast and stand out among other players in his own backfield, like Tevin Coleman and Matt Breida, who also run four threes. That's how fast Raheem Mostert is. His burst is crazy, outrunning angles where safeties think they got to beat on him, and, and they don't. So he picks up chunks like crazy. So good in Kyle Shanahan's offense. If I was guaranteed he was going to get 200-plus carries, I would have him way up this list. But Tevin Coleman's there. Tevin Coleman's a little safer running back. You can trust that he's not going to fumble the ball. Maybe trust him in pass protection as a receiver a little bit more so. The usage and the split is the hard part. So I don't have a problem with either one of them this low. Either one of them by themselves, though, I'd probably have a little bit higher on the list. Although there's a lot of talented running backs on this list as well. So it's not like you're just going to throw a guy up in the top 10 all willy-nilly. Right. And I I should have prefaced this, too. And This is not fantasy-related. This is not projections of what they're going to do this year. Some of it is not situational. It's more... How good are these guys at football right now? And that's why I was a little harder on the Niners, particularly Mostert, because I do think the scheme helps him a lot. And to your point, I don't mean to contradict you, but if Coleman got hurt, it's not like I'd move Mostert up because all of a sudden he didn't get better at football. I'm just ranking them of how good they are at playing the game right this minute. And there's not a track record there for Mostert too. That's big. As explosive as he is, he's got a half the half season of upper echelon production. Yes. And, and we'll get to the guy actually right ahead of him on the list or someone in between them has a great track record, but he's fallen off a cliff in my opinion, you yeah. know, so track record does matter. If I've seen it over a stretch and I know that they're good at the game, I, I'm going to wait that to some degree as well. So in between the two Niners running backs at 25 and 23, you have Colts running back Marlon Mack at 24. The Colts told us what they think about Marlon Mack by drafting a running back so high, right? Yeah, exactly. I mean, I think Max, I didn't like Mac coming out of school. I, I don't think he's a great receiver. He's not great in protection. But to his credit, I think he's gotten better every step of the way. He's also in a good situation. Um, but I think he's a pretty, maybe the most boring pick on this list. Like, yeah, Marlon Mack. All right, you know, let's go get somebody who moves the needle, Jonathan Taylor. Really interesting when you get to 22. After Raheem Mostert, it's Todd Gurley on your list. And Todd Gurley is the opposite of Raheem Mostert. He's two years younger, but he's got no tread left on his tires. And Raheem Mostert is just breaking out. And I'll admit, I hope I'm wrong. I think right this minute, Gurley's the 22nd best running back in the league. I hope that he goes to Atlanta. His knees feel great. And he gets back to the player he once was. 
I'm just going off what I saw in film last year, which was a player that lacked burst, that was more to blame for the Rams rushing woes than people want to admit. But how about this stat? I mean, this is how I finished my Todd Gurley blurb. Gurley has scored 54 touchdowns over the past three years. 54. <laughs> That's crazy. And he's still <laughs> That's a number. Yeah. You know, but, and aside from all the problems, he hasn't missed that many games. He started. No, he's tough as nails. Yeah, he I mean, plays through. Yeah. started 15 games last year. The one thing I will say for Gurley is that the other running backs on the Rams roster also averaged, you know, under four, you know, three point something yards per carry. So it wasn't just Gurley at 3.8 and the rest of the running backs were running well, too. So there is some optimism there. I could see, you know, knees willing with Todd Gurley and he'll play through some pain. That's for sure. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm rooting for him. I like him a lot. I just wasn't impressed with what he did with the space he had this past year. Number 21 is Mark Ingram. Ingram is the oldest guy on this list. He's a very good player. I mean, he was a very good player at Alabama. He's had a very good career. He just doesn't wow me. I mean, part of he doesn't catch the ball a ton, but he's a good receiver. Part of that's because Lamar doesn't dump it to his backs. And I'm sitting here thinking, what if Gurley would have been in Baltimore's offense last year? Would would, would I would there be a, more of an illusion of what he could have done with those huge holes? I think Ingram's fine. I think J.K. Dobbins will be the better option sooner than later. Again, maybe another situation where the team told us about how they feel about the player long-term, mm-hmm. where he's at currently by drafting a high running back there in the second round. This is an interesting one because you have Miles Sanders at 20, but you have him behind David Johnson at 19. Le'Veon Bell at 18, Leonard Fournette at 17. Those are players, and even James Conner at 16, players that um, maybe have already seen their peak, even though they're not yeah. the oldest players in the world. They, you know, Miles Sanders is an ascending talent. I don't think it would surprise a lot of people if he leapfrogged them there, but it's hard to put, you know, I mean, those are big-name players. Le'Veon Bell, I mean, come on. He's the standard in the NFL for a while. Leonard Fournette is much different. Uh, David Johnson... Didn't look like himself. I would probably put Sanders over Johnson. I would probably put Gurley over Johnson, to be honest with you. I don't know what to expect from from Johnson in Houston, but Bill O'Brien paid a price, so maybe they'll just ride him as hard as they can. Yeah, and that's a lot of what I put in the verbiage here. I love Miles Sanders. Like, if I'm picking 10th, 11th, 12th in my fantasy draft, I'm going to gladly take him. I just don't, when you say, how good are you at football at this moment, I've only seen him be a lead back for a month. So I I, I was very, I I just kind of kept my my foot on the brake a little bit with him. Where the other guys, like you said, Johnson and Bell, I put them next to each other on purpose. And Fournette, Connor, I've seen these guys be top guys, especially Johnson and Bell. Probably their best days are behind them. But I did say, well, Houston made a big investment in Johnson. And I know we all think we're smarter than Bill O'Brien, but we probably aren't. Are we talking Bill O'Brien, the coach of the GM? Because I, I, I will, I will put, <laughs> football you, I'll put you in that seat as far as uh, making <laughs> I draft have picks and decision-making on trade. But yeah, coaching, I think, and that's, what's tough with Bill O'Brien. It's hard to separate the two because he's a decent, I mean, he's a good football coach, right? And he's got his team, right, a lot of right. wins, a, a lot of different times. But the GM stuff, uh, we'll see how that turns out for him. And who knows? Maybe he's uh, in the old uh, Bill Parcells saying, right? He's shopped for his own groceries. So let's see what kind of meal he makes first before we uh, before we critique it. Yeah. And I do think Johnson played well, especially as a receiver. 
before his injury. And everyone saw the couple of those clips post-injury where he looked like me running the ball. I don't think he's that guy. What do you expect from the the Fournette and Connor types going forward? Do you think they'll just sort of settle into a, a hammer, a two-down roll completely? We just mentioned Ingram. I think Fournette and Connor will be Ingram before you know it. You know what I mean? Gotcha, yeah. Like, yeah, I mean, I think that's fine. That's a good career path. But probably, it, it, I mean, one of those guys might have a good year. Fournette had a pretty good year last year. Connor looks good when he's healthy. But, you know, you're getting to that same age where you're on your second contract and people are going to try to replace you and a lot of wear and tear. So that's the, the, the bottom 15 or the bottom 10 of this top 25 here. Are there any tier breaks in there before we get to number 15? Mm, no. I think it's a pretty smooth list. Okay. But I think it's not a bad price to break, too, because those four we mentioned pretty beat up over the years at different ages, you know? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Okay, let's hear the top 15 of Matt Williamson's 2020 running back rankings, non-rookie edition, coming up. Coming in at number 15, who, he, he wowed me. I didn't expect him to be, and I love the word you used here, a game changer for the Arizona Cardinals after that trade from Miami and Kenyon Drake. Yeah, again, uh, he's been a part-timer, even going back to Bama, but he's always been a game changer. I think the scheme and him are married perfectly. And he put up huge numbers. Again, I'll gladly take him in fantasy, but do I know? Do I think he's better at playing football than these couple people ahead of him? I need to see more. We're behind him. I wouldn't be shocked if Le'Veon Bell had a better season than Kenyon Drake, right? But I wouldn't, or right, yeah. But I wouldn't be shocked otherwise either. And I, I think this is probably the right spot for Drake, and and maybe a little bit of a of a tear break here with some of the guys coming up because we're getting into like the, the, the every down oh, guy, yeah. guy guys. And I think probably after 13 is where I would put a, a pretty substantial tear break because of that reason. You have 14, Chris Carson and 13 cream hunt after that, I think is where I would put my tear break. Yeah, I agree with you. Um, I didn't want to hold Chubb against hunt because if hunt were in Arizona or Pittsburgh or Jacksonville or these places ahead of them, he might be an easy top tenner. I think he was with the Chiefs, and he's gotten no mm. worse in the meantime. Carson, to me, just doesn't fit every scheme, but the production's pretty good. I mean, only four people have ran for more yards than Carson over the last two years. Carson's an interesting one, because if he wasn't in Seattle, he might not be on this list at all. Agreed. <laughs> Agreed. So, right. Yeah, that is an interesting one. And, for everyone. and there's a great point you made there about Kareem Hunt and usage, and we're not talking about fantasy football rankings and stats here you're just talking about how talented they are kareem hunt was on the alvin kamara career path at one point yeah right right i mean he's a very good football player and i like chubb obviously his name's gonna come but i don't know that it would derail the season if they lost chubb or if hunt were in 10 different places i think he'd be a major upgrade or maybe more than that and when you put it that way, I might even take Kareem Hunt over the next guy, Melvin Gordon, even though Melvin Gordon, I think, has a better shot of being that every down guy currently. Yeah, I might too. I'm really high on Gordon for fantasy because I think he's a better receiver than Lindsay and a better short yardage rusher than Lindsay. But that doesn't mean that he's better at football than Hunt. I, 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 I kind of hear where you're coming from there. Number 11, Austin Eckler. This will be fun for Eckler to get the, he's got the full load. This is his show now in LA with the Chargers. 
Yeah, and he was hard to rank against these bell cow types. Great receiver. I think he rivals McCaffrey as, you know, one of the best receiving backs in the league. Um, will he be a workhorse type or is he a peripheral player? We'll see. I thought his tape last year was outstanding. Though. Yeah, he was awesome. And here's yeah. what worries me about that type of player is you give them a bigger workload. Now they wear themselves down, banging their head against the wall, and they're not as good with the thing that they were great at before. You right. know, and they lose a step as a receiver, and that aspect of their game comes down. So in some ways, I would almost prefer, if I have just a dynamic receiving back, to have another back there to, to get those tough carries to keep that guy fresh. Yeah, and maybe that's Jackson and or Kelly this year. I think both those guys have some ability too. Getting into the top 10 of Matt Williamson's running back rankings in 2020, coming in at number 10, Green Bay Packers running back Aaron Jones. Yeah, and when we get to the top, we can probably go pretty quick. But Jones, to me, is supremely talented. I believe, and I think they believe, after drafting A.J. Dillon, that he's more, like what we were talking about, more Kamara, part-time, featured guy, but not bell cow. I mean, I think every coaching staff has shown us that that's who this guy is. Las Vegas Raiders, number nine, Josh Jacobs, who is a player that I'm, I can't, like talent-wise, he has everything, and he could be a really good receiver, power, he's got speed, he can, he can break some longer runs. How will the Raiders use him? How will they highlight his ability? Will they take away that receiving third-down ability enough to where, you know, maybe he's got the talent, but they just don't allow him to do it because they want to keep his touches down. Yeah, and if we do this a year from now, he easily could be top five. I was very impressed. He played at the end of the year with a broken shoulder. I mean, mm. <laughs> not only is that a tough guy, but that's pretty tough injury to deal with for a running, oh my running gosh. back. For a running back to yeah. take that pounding, that's, uh, right. that's brutal on every single time you handle the ball. Number, but I need him to be more involved in the passing game right. to move him up. Mm -hmm. Nope, totally agree. Joe Mixon, I know he's a player you love, like dynamic ability. Yeah. Is this the year in Cincinnati where it's like, okay, let's build this offense around the running game, around Joe Mixon, make things easier on Joe Burrow, and then have some play action passing to some of these dynamic receivers on the outside? I think so. I think that's the plan. That's the Rams plan. That's the Gurley plan. I think he's more talented than Gurley ever was. Not that it's by leaps and bounds. Um, and the and end he of ever last was. season, that's what's, in, what's that? So, you think Joe Mixon's peak, like he was more talented than, than Todd Gurley ever was. I think he's born with more ability Ooh. than Gurley, which Ooh, is saying like something, it. obviously, yeah. no, I mean, I love elite it. that way. Um, and the end of the season, the Bengals really rode him like they were trying to establish something. Another one though, only caught 35 passes. Like he's a good receiver that needs to double. Absolutely. Nick Chubb, he's not going to see those touches no, in the passing game, but he is aren't. such a monster just because his breakaway ability and I think maybe overshadowed by how good Gurley was, people didn't realize how good Nick Chubb was coming out of the same college. I think Chubb is very much in contention for best ball carrier in the league right now. I'm getting some early career Frank Gore vibes from Nick mm. Chubb. Not as, I think Gore's maybe better in the passing game, pass protector and, and yeah, receiver. Yeah. But as runners, with how they're built low to the ground, vision, where all of a sudden you're like, how is this big dude breaking all these long runs? Yeah, right. I, I think he is an elite ball carrier, and I think people will realize it more and more this year. 
Speaking of big dudes and long runs, Derek Henry, a really unique player. Uh, I like how you said he's a closer, which is uh, a very old school thing. And I think the Titans like it that way. Yeah, they do. But he's not for everyone. You know, like uh, the Brady in Carolina who had Kamara and Edwards Hilaire wouldn't be interested in Derrick Henry. You know, like he's not for everyone. And if you're going to have a guy like this, you need to pattern your offense as Tennessee has. He's kind of a tough one to rank because there would be a lot of GMs who'd be like, yeah, I still am not interested. Yeah, not interested for what you have to pay. Mm-hmm. It's it's fun to watch. I talked earlier about how Raheem Mostert makes fast guys look slow. How Derrick Henry can make big guys look small. He looks like a defensive end running the football sometimes. You're like, He's how did monster. you avoid not getting put as a pass rusher when you were younger? It's really unique to see an NFL player stand out as a freak among freaks. Yeah, and then what he does, the defensive backs in the open field. I mean, he is a unique player. Dalvin Cook, number five on this list, and he showed up to camp. Yeah, good. I mean, to be very honest, I mean, these top five are the same five that are going in the first five picks of fantasy drafts. Maybe you could nitpick one over the other, but I have a hard time believing that. Do you think anyone has a case to be in this top five? I mean, I know Henry's his own beast, but. I think Chubb and Mixon are on the rise, but I kind of feel like any analyst would probably have these five at the top. I agree. And you could make an argument and sort of wait and see on Mixon and Jacobs and see where they land and even Mm -hmm. Chubb and Henry that could potentially jump Cook with some of Cook's injury problems. So I could see that, but I think the top four for sure and probably the top five. Yeah. I mean, Cook's injury, that's what I said, is he has one glaring negative in his durability, you know. Kind of what we talked about with Austin Eckler, with Alvin Kamara. I wonder if this is going to hurt his career long-term because maybe you just don't want to give him that many carries because you want him to stay healthy so you can utilize everything else that he does. Yeah, uh, I 100% agree. Uh, I hope this isn't the case, but history shows running backs don't last long. If last year we might look and say, boy, Kamara was kind of banged up last year, wasn't the same, didn't have the same burst, and he doesn't ever again. I mean, that could happen. I mean, these, these guys don't last long. I don't think it will. If I have the fourth pick in my fantasy draft, I'm going to take them gladly. And I think we'll say, wow, that was just a blip, but that's not how it always goes with running backs. I was interested to see how you ranked these top three and how you, um, and by the way, that was number four, Alvin Kamara and how you looked at projection with some of these top three players. I think you probably get a consensus that these are the top three in some order. Are you looking for production? Are you looking for uh, how good they are on early downs, how good of receivers they are? And all three of them are good in all of those areas. I think the most talented one isn't number one, but he's not the best player yet either. So that's probably why. But you have Cowboys running back Zeke Elliott at number three. And I think I just mentioned Chubb is the maybe the best runner in the league. I think Elliott might have that crown right now. I mean, he he averages 96 and a half yards per game for his career. You know, like on a per game basis, he always leads the league. And I mean, he's, he's awesome. I mean, he's on a hall of fame pace. I mean, I, I don't think people talk about him in that light, but he absolutely is. His offense is going to be good again this year. Maybe less touches will lead to even better. Maybe performance but also i think this is the worst offensive line he's had in a little bit potentially so that could hurt zeke elliott as well 
The guy at number two you have here, Saquon Barkley from the New York Giants. I could see people arguing, well, he's the most talented. He's eventually going to be that guy just because of what he can do, how physically impressive he is, how good he can be in the passing game. But he's just not quite there yet when you compare him to your number one guy in Christian McCaffrey. Right. I mean, if we're picking up teams on the on the the playground, or if I have first pick in the old in the fantasy draft for or not fantasy draft for the running back draft, like we did going forward with running backs, a strong case for Barkley because there's no one else like him. But McCaffrey just had a better year and impacted the game more. Does Barkley's career path worry you that he could be Barry Sanders? You know, where awesome never wins a playoff game type guy, you know, and yeah. gets used up and maybe says a heck with this a year earlier than he should have. And like, this is the thing I hated about what the New York Giants did is as good as Saquon Barkley is, you don't build with the running back first. You add the running backs, fresh legs onto something else that you already built there. So you might, right. you know, use him up in your bad years. And the same thing happening in Carolina, maybe with Christian McCaffrey, all of a sudden now you have this used up running back by the time your team's good and rebuilt. Yeah. I think that is a worry with McCaffrey. Last Barkley note, though, was 537 yards from scrimmage over the last three games last year. Like when he finally got healthy, he was awesome. So I think that's who we expect now. But uh, I couldn't put him ahead of McCaffrey after McCaffrey did last year. I think Barkley's vision isn't quite there when you start ranking him against, you know, you mentioned the Barry Sanders thing or even McCaffrey and and Zeke Elliott and Alvin Kamara. I think that's one aspect he's going to have to improve on. But uh, such a beast, and like you mentioned, when he's right and he's healthy, you can run an offense through him because he can do so much for you, and when he gets that space, he's so freakishly strong and athletic, then he can hit it and make huge plays. Yeah, and we mentioned, you know, Mixon I thought was more talented from birth than Gurley. None coming out of the womb is as talented as Barkley. (laughs) Yeah, Barkley is is a true freak of nature. That is Matt Williamson's list of best running backs in 2020, not including rookies maybe we can talk a little bit about how some rookies fit in with some of these positions we've talked about with quarterbacks and running backs so far matt on an upcoming show but we're out of time today find me on twitter at bd peacock find matt at williamson nfl you can get those twitter thursday questions in early and we'll keep on coming all week long covering the latest around the league locked on nfl